0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And after yesterday's video describing how it looked like Elon Musk would wind up purchasing Twitter, well, it happened. It was announced yesterday in a press release by Twitter that we're going to go through today because like every time there's been a major acquisition and there's been no shortage of those in the recent past, There is a lot of misinformation or just a general lack of clarity that hopefully I can help clear up. So first and foremost, if you're interested in the entirety of this story from when it was first announced that he had purchased just under 10% of the company all the way up until now, please check our newly renamed playlist, Elon Musk, the buyout of Twitter, including yesterday's video in which we talked about how he got financed why he has a couple of entities he set up, which we will, of course, talk about again now that the deal is closer to fruition, and mention that by the time that video was uploaded, you might be hearing that the deal was already done. Now, even I tweeted out that the deal was done in respect of signing up an agreement between these two parties, but that does not mean that Twitter has been purchased as of today. And that gets lost in all these acquisitions because everybody assumes that once you sign that definitive document, that merger agreement, whatever else it might look like, that it's all going to go just fine. And it very likely will. The chances are that Elon Musk will eventually own Twitter, but he doesn't today, despite what some major headlines might tell you, right? Here's The Verge. Twitter accepts buyout, giving Elon Musk total control of the company. I don't know about you, that sounds to me like that's present tense. They roll it back a little bit with their subheading. Elon Musk will buy Twitter for $44 billion, so we're not going to hold it too far against them, but this wasn't the only place where this kind of headline went out. There were polls about what Elon should do now that he's in control. You've got the Philadelphia Inquirer. Elon Musk buys Twitter for $44 billion and will take it private. Again, sounding like present tense. Now again, the subheading corrects a little bit. Twitter said it will become... A privately held company, after the sale is closed. So we can give a little bit of forgiveness here, but it does confuse folks that aren't regularly talking about mergers and acquisitions. And I can't actually give any leeway to NPR, which went with the past tense of bought. Elon Musk bought Twitter. Here's what he says he'll do next. And we'll, of course, look at that because it's in the press release. But no, Twitter still not owned by Elon, unlikely to be owned by Elon Musk until at least later this year as we will see in the timeline so if you're worried about that uh, if you love elon and you want him to make changes if you hate elon and you want to get off twitter none of that is going to happen or has to happen until a little bit of time passes so with that as background let's talk about what this press release says as we're now used to in this space Let's look at a Securities and Exchange Commission filing by Twitter Inc. Both Twitter and Elon have been filing documents at a very rapid clip over the last 11 days. This is very short, just a brief little update on the status of the company. Item 801, other events. On April 25th, 2022, Twitter Inc. and Elon Musk announced the execution of an agreement and plan of merger dated the same date between Twitter, X Holdings 1 Inc., X Holdings 2 Inc., and solely for certain provisions specified in the agreement and plan of merger, Elon Musk, parent and acquisition sub, that's the ex-holdings entities, are affiliates of Elon Musk, and a copy of Twitter's press release announcing the transaction is attached, which we are going to go through. Now, a couple of people have already asked me questions about this structure. We don't appear to have the merger agreement itself in front of us just yet. That will probably be another video that I will go through, particularly because it's interesting to see that one of the individuals here, Elon Musk, is being asked to sign the document separate from his entities. Uh, And he's probably being asked to sign that so that certain covenants, certain promises that are contained in that agreement are actually his promises and not these holding companies that are otherwise shells built solely for this purpose. And there could be some other representations and warranties that he's asked to attest to. And that'll be an interesting part of looking at that agreement. Now, in answer to the question that many have posed about why there's an X holdings one, and X Holdings too, why this is described as an agreement and plan of merger. Well, we've talked about it pretty extensively in this space in the past, but suffice it to say that most big transactions are handled in that capacity. Most big transactions are handled as mergers, very often what we call a reverse triangular merger. If you've been with us here in virtual legality uh, for a while now, you know that we have talked about this pretty extensively in a number of respects, but most recently, with respect to Microsoft's pending acquisition of Activision Blizzard, which you can see on the front page of their merger agreement here includes three entities, Microsoft, the ultimate buyer, Activision Blizzard, the ultimate seller, and then something called Anchorage merger sub. And in other contexts, people have reported, oh, maybe they're changing the name of the company to Anchorage, or maybe they're changing the name of Bethesda to Vault. That's not really what's happening here. What is happening here is trying to keep the corporate organization uh, as svelte as possible without having to upend contracts and potentially trip certain things in those various agreements, as well as for tax reasons. So, effectively, Microsoft Corporation drops down a subsidiary to merge into the company that it's purchasing so that Activision Blizzard will remain. And if all that sounds complicated, the only important part of it to remember is that it very often takes three to Tango in this particular kind of acquisition for these particular kinds of benefits. So Elon Musk, he doesn't have a Microsoft corporation that he wants to put social media platforms into. So his ex Holdings Company One is effectively gonna serve the Microsoft role here. He's going to start a social media company And then he has already dropped down a subsidiary of that social media company. That's your Anchorage merger sub. And he is very likely, we're going to see in that merger agreement whenever we get a chance to see it, going to merge that X Holdings 2 entity into Twitter to take control of Twitter under X Holdings 1. And, And that X Holdings is unlikely to stay, although... Elon Musk is a mercurial individual, that's probably signifying that he doesn't know exactly what to name it just yet. That's an important kind of question, something to be discussed with trademark attorneys and other representatives that he's going to consult with, but he needed to get this done fast. So you just name it something blank and you change the name later on. Now, this agreement, as you can see, is what we believe was likely signed uh, between Twitter and Elon Musk. Over the past 11 days, we've got 60, 70 pages here as between Microsoft and Activision. May or may not be more or less complex than that, but it's a big, long document that's going to cover a lot of things. This is an all-cash offer, so it doesn't really have to contemplate stock going both ways. It's not going to be financed, we will see uh, in the press release, or more specifically, it's not waiting on additional financing to actually get to the closing date. So that comes off as a potential condition that they'd have to worry about, and that eases up On the dates, a little bit. But this is a big long document. I'm not going to go over the Microsoft agreement. If you're interested in this one, I do cover it elsewhere in virtual legality. You can look that up on my channel. But suffice it to say, this is what's happening behind the scenes. This is the stage that we are at. And this doesn't sell the company. This says we agree to sell the company when certain conditions are met. Now, what are those conditions? We'll talk about those as well as we dive into this press release as I promised. So here we have the press release, which went up, I believe a couple of hours after yesterday's video with the Elon wins question mark. That question mark, obviously no longer applicable. Twitter Inc. today announced that it has entered into a definitive agreement to be acquired by an entity wholly owned by Elon Musk for $54.20 per share in a cash transaction valued at approximately $44 billion for the whole company, which interestingly is inclusive of the shares that he already owns. Now, That sentence alone says a number of things. One, as I mentioned, it says to be acquired. This is a future forward-looking statement. The acquisition did not happen today, NPR, or anywhere else that you might have seen it reported on as bought or Elon Musk is now in full control. What should he do? That doesn't happen for a little bit of time. The other thing that jumps out at me from this first sentence is that 5420 was what he offered. Elon Musk texts the... Chairman of the board of Twitter says 5420, that's my final and best offer. I'm not going to move from it. They immediately adopt a poison pill, which on retrospect, looking at it in a couple of videos in this playlist was vastly too strong to really be defendable in my personal opinion. And I suspect the board's counsel wound up telling them that as Elon Musk gathered funding as he started up entities to either do a tender offer or have this reverse triangular merger. And ultimately, I would be willing to bet that's what drove the Twitter board to the negotiating table, even though they're going to say something a little bit differently in this press release. Upon completion of the transaction, Twitter will become a privately held company. That doesn't mean that Elon Musk has to be the only shareholder, uh, but it does mean that the shares of Twitter will no longer be offered on a secondary stock exchange. Twitter can offer shares. Twitter can go get financing. You see this uh, from Epic Games, uh, as you've seen in this particular channel and other contexts. They are a private company. You can't go buy a share of Epic Games stock on a stock exchange, but they still have investment events all the time. Twitter might have that. We don't know how it will operate in the future, But it doesn't mean that Elon Musk has to be the sole shareholder of the company. Under the terms of the agreement, Twitter stockholders will receive $54.20 in cash for each share of Twitter common stock that they own upon closing of the proposed transaction. The purchase price represents a 38% premium to Twitter's closing stock price on April 1st, 2022, which was the last trading day before Mr. Musk disclosed his approximately 9% stake in Twitter. And he's getting sued for not complying with SEC rules on when he had to disclose that ownership interest. It'll be interesting to see if that goes anywhere, particularly now that there is a buyout in the works. So again, stockholders are going to receive $54.20, all cash, one tier, and that always presented a problem for a board to just block with things like a structural poison pill. Brett Taylor, Twitter's independent board chair, said... The Twitter board conducted a thoughtful and comprehensive process to assess Elon's proposal with a deliberate focus on value, certainty and financing. The proposed transaction will deliver a substantial cash premium and we believe it is in the best path forward for Twitter's stockholders. And again, you can take that as you will. A press release is always going to be the various parties trying to put their best foot forward. Certainly adopting a poison pill plan, a nine to one dilutive poison pill plan that looked to gather more capital from their existing investors to even function doesn't ring to me like a board that was deliberately focusing on value certainty and financing. But at this point in time, all of that probably doesn't matter. Folks have asked me in comments and elsewhere, well, how does the poison pill affect things? Well, First of all, the poison pill doesn't apply to transactions approved by the board, which is what's happening right here, but also the poison pill can be rescinded by the board just as easily as it was initially adopted. So it's always a shield, but it's not a trap for the board. They can always bring it down if you get to this point where Elon Musk offered 5420, Elon Musk is getting the company for 5420. Parag Agrawal, Twitter CEO, and what's important about the context here is he's very 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 likely to lose his job said, Twitter has a purpose and relevance that impacts the entire world. Deeply proud of our teams and inspired by the work that has never been more important. And then we get a quote from Mr. Musk himself. Free speech is the bedrock of a functioning democracy. And Twitter is the digital town square where matters vital to the future of humanity are debated, said Mr. Musk, which is, you know, puffery. But he has at least said it a number of times and appears to believe it. Again, I'm not taking a stance on Mr. Musk's ownership of Twitter so much, and it is not lost on me that this is, in fact, Virtual Legality episode 666 for those that have certain feelings about the individual, but I'll believe it when I see it in terms of changes to a big institutional functionary like Twitter, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. Now, what does Mr. Musk say he wants to see happen? I also want to make Twitter better than ever by enhancing the product with new features, making the algorithms open source to increase trust. Now that's that's interesting. Defeating the spam bots and authenticating all humans. Twitter has tremendous potential. I look forward to working with the company and the community of users to unlock it. Now there's some good thoughts there. Certainly the algorithm being open source, transparent for people that are better at reading code than I certainly would be useful to understanding what a shadow ban is on Twitter. Well, how these things happen, how the algorithm elevates certain things. And if you could set a standard in technology platforms that says these codes should be open source or at bare minimum transparent to some kind of certification body, et cetera, that I think would be useful to at least understanding how these things functions. When a virtual legality gets popular, I don't know why. Sometimes it gets popular, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, But we don't understand how Twitter does its thing. We don't understand how Facebook does, how YouTube does, et cetera, et cetera. It will be interesting, of course, because that's Inherently, a reduction in proprietary value at Twitter and aided by the fact that Elon Musk will own a majority share of the company at minimum. Uh, And so it will be interesting to see exactly how he pursues that particular goal. I'm also a little bit confused about the difference between defeating spam bots and authenticating all humans. Certainly, authenticating all humans has this kind of Philip K. Dick vibe where we're going to be doing uh, Blade Runner tests uh, talking about turtles in the desert. I doubt it, uh, but I also don't quite understand what the difference is between killing bots uh, and authenticating all humans. I'll be interested to follow that. Maybe you have a thought uh, that you can leave in the comments to this video. So that's the principles. Again, Paragagrawal, very likely to lose his job. Brett Taylor, also very likely to lose his job, but it's a little bit different than the CEO role. And we proceed on to the really important stuff, which is the terms and financing. The transaction, which has been unanimously approved by the Twitter board of directors, is expected to close in 2022. Now, that's a short time frame. Uh, We're already in late April, realistically in May, and so there's only about a six-month-plus window to close this deal in this calendar year, and they think it'll get done. And we'll talk about why this is a little bit easier than Microsoft versus Activision in just a second. Subject to the approval of the Twitter stockholders, we'll talk about that and the receipt of applicable regulatory approvals and the satisfaction of other customary closing conditions. Now, you never get a lot of color around customary closing conditions. This is things like, hey, your contracts, if they need to be assigned, if they've got a change of control provision, those have all been consented to. We've got all our ducks in a row. When we actually hand over the keys to this particular car so that all has to happen that's lawyers working feverishly for a long period of time Uh, that's why the lawyers get paid on deals like this and then they proceed on to closing once all those boxes have been checked mr musk has secured 25.5 billion dollars of fully committed debt and margin load financing and is is providing an approximately 21 billion dollar equity commitment that's what we saw yesterday right that 21 billion dollars coming straight from him The rest from Morgan Stanley, I believe it is, on debt and margin loans, which means that this is a pretty significantly leveraged buyout. Leverage here referring to debt, which will presumably be put on the company after it is purchased, and that creates its own potential problems for how Twitter has to operate after this is all said and done, which, of course, we will be watching in this space. Doesn't mean that there will be, but it does present certain issues if you do put all that debt on the company that you are purchasing. There are no financing conditions to the closing of the transaction. And that's key, right? So you wind up with an all cash deal at one tier above market price with no financing conditions. The money is sitting there waiting to hand over to stockholders. Once all those things happened, even the shadow of being able to block this from the Twitter board evaporated. And that's what really drew them back to having this conversation with Elon Musk. Now, another interesting data point here is this announcement which I didn't realize, the first quarter 2022 earnings results are this week. Twitter plans to release its first quarter fiscal year 2022 results before market open on April 28th, 2022, which means if those results are bad or unexpected by the market, there could have been a dive in stock price, which would have allowed Elon Musk to effectively reassert a different significantly lower valuation for the company. Or just change it. Maybe it's a huge quarter for them. I doubt it, but maybe it is. And then this would get thrown in a difficult place for the Elon side of things. So everybody wanted to close this up before the earnings results come in. And that's why you see such a rapid pace from an announcement at the top of this month to buying the company before the end of it is really, really crazy for something like this. Then you get the traditional, hey, these are forward-looking statements, don't kill us, hey, SEC, this is how the proxies work, etc. And then I just wanted to highlight, I don't think I've ever looked at the About Twitter for one of these on an SEC filing. This is the shortest About the company, About the filer that I've ever seen, and it doesn't mean anything. Twitter is what's happening, and what people are talking about right now. To learn more, visit About Twitter. Let's talk. Wow. It's, it's rare to see that in this kind of context, uh, and I'm used to seeing a little bit more fulsome description of what the company does. There's no problem with it, uh, by the way. But that's the setting right now. And you see that they're planning to close by the end of the year, but there's a lot going on. Some folks have asked, because they hold Twitter shares uh, in my comments and elsewhere, hey, can they actually force me to sell my shares? And the answer is yes. So if we look at the Delaware General Corporation Law, we see the merger provisions here. We've got Section 251 says any two or more corporations of this state may merge into a single surviving corporation, which may be one of the constituent corporations or may consolidate into a new corporation, right? One can merge into the other or they can merge into a new third entity. The board of directors of each corporation which desires to merge or consolidate shall adopt a resolution approving an agreement of merger or consolidation. That's what we saw when we saw them reference the unanimous approval of the board. And that agreement will include... The manner of converting the shares of each of the corporations into among other things other shares or cash property rights or other securities. So the board takes this deal says 5420 is fair to the stockholders and the corporation and they recommend it to the shareholders. The agreement required by the subsection above the one we were just describing shall be submitted to the stockholders of the corporation And if a majority of the outstanding stock of the corporation entitled to vote thereon, which is everybody that holds common shares in Twitter, shall be voted for the adoption of the agreement, affirming it, that fact shall be certified. And if the agreement shall be so adopted and certified by each corporation, it shall be filed and shall become effective. So the board says Elon Musk offers us 5420. Then they say, that's a good deal. We're going to adopt it. We're going to approve it. And we're going to recommend it for the approval of the stockholders of Twitter. Twitter will hold a vote. And if there is a majority approval of that deal, then, well, the merger is scheduled to happen, regardless of whether or not you voted against it. No votes still have to transfer their stock in one of these transactions. Now, there is a bit of a wrinkle there that we've talked about with respect to the Microsoft deal. And that is the notion of appraisal rights. And I got to scroll down here because it's a big long section of the Delaware General Corporation Law. And these appraisal rights basically say Hey, the board is wrong about how they evaluated the price of this thing, that essentially it's too low. And I'm going to ask the courts in Delaware to reassess. It says any stockholder of a corporation of this state who has otherwise complied with subsection D of this section and who has neither voted in favor of the merger or consolidation nor consented thereto. So you can't be a pro vote and then go and rescind it and ask for a different price shall be entitled to an appraisal by the court of chancery of the fair value of the stockholder's shares of stock. Now, the issue that you have here, the reason why you're unlikely to see appraisal rights is that you're actually on a secondary market. You can see the price of the stock. So the court of chancery doesn't necessarily have to do a lot of work here. Uh, And 5420 does look like a premium over the stock price as it existed in the market, even though you personally might feel like you're just on the cusp of it being worth $75 or $100. And this has short circuited that whole program. But I just wanted to make it clear because people have asked it of me. The stockholders, even if they vote no, even if they don't vote at all, they're going along with this if a majority approves. And then the statute provides for a way to say, hey, I can go ask for more money. Uh, I can ask for the court of chancery to reevaluate what that price is. And then there's some exceptions here uh, that shouldn't apply to this particular Twitter deal. But It's unlikely in this circumstance because of the way the market operates. And we'll see if anybody chooses to do that. We'll see what happens with the votes. But unlike the hostile takeover concept that we've discussed in this playlist, where effectively you have to have uh, 85% to get to a good purchase that's going to work under Delaware law. And so 15% plus can veto that for you. Here, you'd need to lose the vote of 50% plus one. and, And that seems very unlikely to happen. Given the circumstances of this particular deal, of course, we will follow it in this space. The other concept that people have raised with me a lot, especially those that have been in virtual egality and have seen me talk about these things a lot, is antitrust review. Right, The Federal Trade Commission here has a lovely site that we've looked at in a number of places in virtual legality, talking about the pre-merger notification and merger review process. We now know that there's a merger here, although it's worth noting that had Elon Musk engaged in a hostile takeover bid, this still would have applied to that bid. This applies to tender offers in general. And this says that the FTC or the DOJ is to get a filing about what this merger looks like. They'll get that in pretty short order, and then they will evaluate it. If they don't do anything against it after 30 days, the deal will be allowed to proceed. Or they can ask, as they have in the Microsoft deal, for a second look at the documentation. They can say, hey, we need to actually evaluate this a little bit more and at a deal this size in technology with an individual like Elon Musk at the at the forefront of this particular transaction, it's very possible that the FTC might wind up asking for more information, which can slow up the process. But clearly, if they think this will close in 2022, they don't anticipate a lot of regulatory concerns. And the reason why that very likely is, is because those regulatory concerns are really only supposed to be raised about a couple of sections of the Federal Trade Act. And that is realistically about competition. So we've talked about it with respect to Microsoft. No person engaged in commerce shall acquire the whole or any part of the stock or other share capital of another person engaged in commerce where the effect of such acquisition may be substantially to lessen competition or to tend to create a monopoly. So we can make a story about how Microsoft buying a giant publisher could lessen competition in things like the Game Pass subscription service market. We can see why Nvidia's purchase of ARM was blocked by the FTC because they are worried about more functional things being limited to only ARM and not ARM's competitors in a very real market. Here, Elon Musk doesn't have, as far as I know, any substantial ownership interest in social media platforms prior to his announced investment in Twitter. Now he's buying Twitter. He will be the new owner of Twitter, but that doesn't in and of itself, seemingly lessen competition. That's just a change on the capitalization table. That's just a change in the name on the stock certificates. And Elon Musk, because he doesn't have that competitive role in those industries, wouldn't appear to have a problem, at least with US regulation. However, It is a media company. And some regulators, especially in the European Union and other jurisdictions that look at this a little bit more closely, have problems with various tech people uh, purchasing media companies. Obviously, it didn't stop Jeff Bezos from buying the Washington Post and things of that nature. But it may be that a regulator could come in and say, even though you don't have a presence in social media, you do have a presence with Tesla, you do have a presence with SpaceX, and we are concerned about some kind of conglomeration theory of merger, right? That you're collecting all these industries. You're going to have them work with each other in a way that is anti-competitive in some fashion, even if you haven't done it yet. And so we are concerned about that. In fact, some of the complaints that Congress here in the US and the EU in other respects have brought against some of these tech companies is effectively you favor your own stuff over other people's stuff in a media environment. And that's potentially a problem for us. So it wouldn't surprise me, even though I think it's a pretty weak case That the ftc or the eu or someone else might take a second look at this might ask for a consent decree on this even though elon musk himself doesn't change the nature of twitter as we understand it so where are we right now twitter isn't bought by elon musk they've entered into a definitive merger agreement which we will analyze on this channel when it's made available to us but there are still a few hurdles to get through they have to have a stockholder vote that has to be approved By the stockholders of Twitter. I think it will be, but we'll follow that closely. And of course, it has to make it through that regulatory review and anything else that might pop up in the kind of later due diligence of this company, because it's all coming together and happening so fast. It wouldn't surprise me if there are other road bumps or landmines that come up as part of this analysis. Until we see more though, for what you need to understand right now, is that Twitter is still very much not Elon Musk's and we'll be following it here in virtual legality. If you do like these conversations about business and law of the news items you're otherwise seeing and care about, like Twitter's purchase, video games, pop culture, and more, Please consider supporting the channel at Utreon. We cannot do it without viewers and listeners like you. Or if you don't like that platform, don't know that platform, we do have the same tiers represented on Patreon as well. Either way, if you subscribe, you tell your friends we're having these conversations, you upvote, you even downvote, you comment, you otherwise engage with this on YouTube, every little bit helps. The channel's growing at a really good clip right now, and I appreciate that help